Ooh, I got was me like physically stumbling over a bunch of marbles. <laughs> I made a reference. You we're, did. We're here to talk about Squid Game, the TV show that I did not realize was a TV show. And I'm here with Adam. Hey, it's me. I'm Adam. I'm here with Matt. It's me. I'm Matt. I'm back and I'm still in grad school. And Dane. Uh, I think this is the f- might be one of the first times I'm on the same episode as Matt. Is that true? We were I'm on not... for Kim's Convenience together. We we show up for oh, the Korean right. shit together. Convenience. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, that you is guys, a... yeah, full Korean mode. God, uh, how long ago was that, though? Oh, gosh, yeah, a few months at least. A good it's, while, yeah. It's been and a And I'm your host, Brent. Uh... <laughs> oh, right. That other guy that was talking. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. I'm I'm fine. I'm... You sound like it. I'm Okay. Now think about think about these statements from Brent with the tension music from Squid Game behind it, right? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, Kim's uh, Convenience came out. A matter of Kim's Convenience came out in April of this year. Oh wow! Okay, so likely recorded a couple, anywhere from a week to months before then, uh, <laughs> depending on Brent's release remembrance. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Famously, I am like a just a nebulous cloud of anger and confusion that decides randomly to release stuff. And that is the glue that holds us together. Yeah, I don't have a bit here. I don't have a bit, guys. I I, I haven't seen the show, so I'm going to be asking a lot of questions after hearing. How did you know the marble thing then? Yeah, Look, how did you know I, that? I am what I'm really good at, I'll tell you right now. Me is my memes. Is just like <laughs> through through like ambient consumption being vaguely aware of most of pop culture. You know oh, what I mean? You, you just you filter feed, you just you take it in as it goes yeah, through the been, air. Yeah, it's been my whole life. You know what I mean? Like I've not I've not seen I have not seen I know what you did last summer, you know, but I know mm-hmm. I know bits about it. You know, I mean, I, like just in general. I've never seen uh, I've never seen a Halloween movie. I just know stuff. You've never seen any Halloween movies, or not Halloween this, the theme, the, but fran- Halloween. the franchise. Yeah, correct. The yeah, franchise. okay. The Mike the Mike Myers franchise. So I got an order here that I'd like to follow. Adam, tell me what you thought of Squid Game. What did I think of Squid Game? I enjoyed the the show pretty thoroughly. I thought it was well executed. I did watch uh, the dub because I am an unlettered savage, and. I I mean overall I will say that this is it was very depressing though enjoyable to watch I was like it was just like oh man everyone's dying this is just sad I mean other than that like I thought the action and tension of the show was very well executed uh, Dan what did you think of Squid Game I thought it was a fantastic critique of capitalism and I think there was a lot of symbolism in there that I really appreciate and I, I'm sure there's a bunch of cultural stuff that i probably missed you know not being a part of that culture and all that and but i enjoyed it immensely i watched it over the course of a few days not one day like some people and, uh, <laughs> you don't have to call me out <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I do. yeah i was very surprised at how it ended but we can discuss that later so oh and boy I, and I, i'm saved matt for last because i feel like Matt will have the most to say about this. So, Matt, please, please enlighten us with your <laughs> thoughts and your take on Squid Game. 
somehow that wind up makes me feel a lot of pressure now. But I mean, <laughs> it's sports, all on you. Sports news, music. <laughs> we now cuts. get. You made it sound like a musical performance, and now we present you with Matt and his thoughts. And he comes out with like a, Matt. Uh, now I'm getting. Now I'm gonna have to edit out your last name. Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Personally identifiable information. No. Um, yeah, you you live with Brent at one two three Fake Street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's fucked is that you got. Oh no, that's a different address of mine. Never mind. Oh, okay. damn. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I enjoyed that very much. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, my thoughts none, on none of us game. saw that coming. Uh, uh, if that beep doesn't make it into the final edit, I'm going to be upset. Oh, you know, it's going to be whatever, in there. It's cut be whatever in. personal information of mine you want, but keep the beep. <laughs> Squid Game, I guess, yeah, I I mean, honestly, I mean, frankly speaking, I thought the ending was kind of trash. That was, like, the consensus in our household. Like, if we could forget that the last, like, 15 or 20 minutes of the sh- series never, uh, like, ever happened, it would have been almost perfect. See, I want to I, I cut out in 15, but sorry, I'm interrupting you. Oh, it's almost like Matt has a whole litany of points. Yeah. You know what? In a Google you know Doc, sitting directly in front of you. Know you know what, Dane? You get a, you get one of these. Stop! <laughs> wow! Wow! Matt, yeah, you have been you have um, been silenced. But I think I think there there's a lot to unpack with Squid Game that I hope we'll get into at least on some sort of like surface level over the course of this. Because one of my I guess my first two thoughts or three thoughts were like one, this is pretty sensational but it's also not the best K-drama I've ever seen. So I don't know what Netflix is like smoking, talking about how this is going to be the greatest drama ever. (laughs) Number two, I am already feeling the pain of having to talk to Pete. Like, well, actually we're in the middle of a global public health crisis. So I probably won't actually have to deal with this yet, but I don't know what you're uh, talking about. It's not real. The Panini has made it so that this year, most likely for Halloween, I won't have to deal with a whole bunch of uncritical white people wearing Squid Game costumes, right? But probably, you know, like next year or the year after, right? Like we're on that track. I mean, I don't toward, know if anything. I don't know if anything remains in the social conscious that long. Yeah, anymore. I'm with Brent on that one. I, like you might be able to dodge it because a year from now it'll be some other thing that sweeps everyone's imagination. That's true. Which brings me to sort of the really complicated point, which is the third one, which is like, yes, this is clearly a critique of capitalism, but also I think that there's like a conscientiousness that we have to keep with this because we we have to recognize, I think, that any critique of like capitalism that we draw from this is coming from a level of, is, is happening at a level of abstraction, right? Because like, really, this is a, a really pointed critique of a very specific south korean context of capitalism and it draws in a lot of other kind of threads with like imperialism and and stuff like that 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 are kind of really kind of this wholesale critique of where neoliberal korean society is at right now and i don't think people can really get it if they haven't got some sense for like Korea's sudden change from like rising economic miracle to 
the IMF crisis in the 90s where like the entire Korea, South Korean economy crashed and like unemployment was at all time high and all sorts of horrendous unemployment gambling debt kind of things popped up and intertwined with each other and like the very recent history of sort of Korean military dictatorship in the South, which really wasn't kind of quote unquote fixed into a more democratic form of government until like the late 80s. And especially thinking about like the place of like chibol corporate power in South Korea right now and sort of like those like conglomerate big businesses or corporations that sort of run various aspects of the country. And during Park Geun hes presidency, like literally like there was the head of one of these corporations who would get files from the blue house and was walking through and making policy decisions for for the government right like like so i think there's just like a lot of context that goes into this that that i worry about folks missing but yeah overall i mean it was like truly a wild ride yeah it was and a good time and Yi jong jae is one of my favorite korean actors so that was really cool so yeah it was it was it was fun it was it was fun but also it kind of feels like, you know, oh, look, they did it again. It's another parasite, right? Like, like we need oh, a yeah. new parasite, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I I really like the show, but I have some some sort of mixed feelings around context, I guess, is how I would put it. Okay. I mean, that's fair. But I think, I think yeah. death game media in general has, it's, they can be, you know, uh, true. I mean, true for all media, right? They can be consumed on one level at face value, and then there's definitely you have to take into account the context and culture in which it was made. I think death game stuff almost always, like when it's done well, is deeply tied to the culture in which it's made. You know, you look at something like the running, like the Running Man, or you know, Battle Royale. You know, and these are like fairly disparate in that. They don't share a lot of the same conventions other than like you have to survive that type of thing. And they share some themes about, I'm sure, you know, about the disparate, like the disparate nature of like different political powers in society, but they're very unique to their culture. Mm-hmm. And I think Running Man from, and this is like, I think the bias of coming from a Western point of view, you know, speaks to, you know, the commodification of, of human beings in the modern era. And also like the distribution of resources. So I guess, you know, I, I guess I'm interested in in like how can we go about appreciating something like Squid Game in a more elevated way, you know? And that's not necessarily a question that any of us have to answer, but it's just something I think, you know, that might be interesting to discuss. I'm also willing to discuss just literally like the the direction, you know, if there's anything that we want to highlight about it, because unfortunately, again, I have not seen it. Right. The score is sensational. Note. Well, yeah, the score is sensational. So the last few days since I started watching it, I have been reading a shit ton about South Korean history. And it certainly does. I mean, I don't presume to be, you know, after a few days of reading some expert, but it does put an interesting framing. I didn't realize just how crazy, how much capitalism and imperialism has impacted modern South Korea. I I had no idea. Matt talked about the Chungya. How I don't know how it's pronounced exactly. Those those families. Like I had no idea when I was oh, yeah. purchasing an LG TV that it was actually owned by like this super basically oligarchs. Like huh? South Korea is basically an oligarchy. It's crazy, and mm-hmm. there's so many like extended periods of dictatorships, and it's like 
you know, we're never taught that over here in the West. And it's like, well, you know, at least they're not commies. And it's like, wh what? It's just, it blows my mind. Like, because I was reading about the history of like Japanese occupied Korea and how there was a bunch of leftist organizations that were basically ready to like, all right, we're going to like rebuild Korea as like, you know, and, and, and like socialism and all that. And the West was like, no, you're not. And just basically, you know, they kicked out Japan and then the West just came in and basically did the same shit. It's crazy. Yeah, Korea's definitely gotten the, the shaft for a long time on the imperialism. I couldn't. It's, it was crazy. It's, but, it is also stunning when you point out the dictatorship stuff, right? Like Park Geun-hye was like that president who was recently impeached in Korea, right? Moon Jae-in succeeded her. Park Geun-hye is the daughter of Park Chung-hee who was basically ruled with an iron fist from like the late sixties, I want to say through like 1979 when he was assassinated. So like even with the dictatorship or like one of those dictators, you know, passes on that family legacy is still there. Right. And she was the one who was like literally handing blue house, like couriering blue house foreign policy files to chibble corporations. Right. <laughs> like it's just wild to think about. Uh, sorry for me. What is Blue House? That's just like the the Korean like seat of the presidency, right? Like White House okay, here, okay, Blue House. Got there. it. Yeah. Got it. Uh, right. As I say, from context, I believe that's the equivalent of the White House. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, learning. There's like really stark imagery within the within the show that speaks to that like legacy of sort of colonialism, imperialism, and also this like overarching sense that it never ended, right? Like we, I, I think you sort of spoke to that some, right? When you have these clearly like ultra rich motherfuckers coming in and like watching these heavily oh, indebted yeah. poor people who are who don't have identities beyond their identification number and how much debt they're in right who are watching them like kill each other there's a pretty clear like selection process i think that looks like it's gone into who is making appearances among those people right like there are clearly some americans there's a Russians. Chinese man, there's a mm. Russian person, right? Like, it's all these countries that have had a vested interest in keeping one or both Koreas as satellite states, right? And they're just like, I, I was struck by the last sort of fighting scene in the final game because it's two Koreans from the same hometown fighting over a knife in the mud trying to kill each other. Yeah. And these imperial sort of like representations are all like standing there in a box, very much removed from them, watching them and like betting on who's going to win. And that imagery of the two Koreans fighting in the mud where they're basically all, like almost indistinguishable from each other is also like a, a visual motif that appears a lot in Korean cinema in films about the Korean War. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. So you're seeing this like korean war imperialism entanglement kind of getting replayed again in this sort of the sort of game series itself as well so wow. yeah it's like wild <laughs> I, I hadn't even thought of that connection that is i mean I, I literally just finished watching the finale right before jumping on and mm. that's like that just puts it in like a chilling yeah framing yeah, that does. i hadn't even thought about Right, like watch Taegukki and watch like the f the front line or northern limit line, right? Like at those climactic battle scenes, it's a whole bunch of Korean dudes killing each other in the mud where you basically can't distinguish who's who. Right. 
all under the gaze of the imperial elite. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's pretty grim. Right. <laughs> right. Oh. I, I, I hear I thought I was being all, I thought I was going to be all high minded and, uh, I don't want to spoil anything for Brent because I do hope he chooses to watch it. No, spoil. So I, no, I'm not going to give away all we, one all of the we do biggest is spoil things. in the show. I'm gonna, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm real quick. Holding on. Is he going to be on? Matt, what's the what's the the act? What's the character's name? The main the main character's name? Uh, Gion. And that's four, five, six, right? Gion is four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Four, five, six is yeah. So Gion, Gion. I'm so sorry. Do it again. Gion. Gihun. I, I want to be respectful. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I have yeah, no, my fucking brain is so addled by by Western. I, something else I also want to bring up before I go into this mm. is like is the whole scandal around the the subtitling and stuff because mm. there's like nuance there that's being that's being whitewashed away either intentionally or not because isn't isn't there a character that has like a North Korean accent that is trying to hide it? Mm. Yes. And so you so us as viewers like like. Like we're not trained in our brains to distinguish accents in a language we don't understand. So there, it is like incumbent on the people subtitling who's who doing the localization to you know pass that context through, uh, and they they fail to, which is like almost like a it's almost like a weird it's it's almost like just like it's almost like in the line of what this thing is critiquing. Yeah, they like find out that the first that the number one player was actually like the guy who made the game. Look, I I know pretty much everything there is to know in terms of like major spoilers for the show. So talk. Yeah, the, 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 talk the, so that's what I was going to talk about. I okay. I knew from the moment player one showed up, I'm like that guy is the mastermind. I knew immediately, and so but I didn't know specifics obviously. And and then when the when the host is like, oh yeah, he's not available, whatever. I was like, uh, okay, okay. But what I was going to say is I thought it was interesting that the creator of the game, what he, he made his money by lending money. And I think that's an interesting call out that capitalism spawns really from Usuri. I, I don't know if I'm ever pronouncing that name correctly. In that Usuri, yeah. Usuri, right. Where original sort of... Um, the sin of earning interest. The original sin, right, of earning interest. I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe I was the only one that picked that up, or, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. No, you're not reading. You're not like the whole you're, thing you're is not, all yeah. about debt. You're like you to focus on the fact that he was in fact a debt shark is not that was not accidental. Like yeah. I think also one thing I was surprised about was that they had a lot of the same games <laughs> that we played. As kids and stuff, I, I didn't realize like all that would cross over, like red light, green light, and all that. Mm-hmm. I was that I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, well, it's like well, that brown sugar game. We don't have anything like that. That's true. Or squid game. I, I... Yeah, squid. Well, we have like Red Rover, right? I mean, there's, right, there's yeah. stuff that's kind of like not that, but so I guess to to put aside the imagery for a moment, I had a question. So the 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 frontman. He was the 2016 champion, right? I, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, so yeah, he basically he was... goes back into it and becomes a part of it. Yeah, well, it's because because likely he's taken the wrong. I mean, look when you look at when you look at stuff like this, right? There's always there's like your protagonist when exposed to something horrific. It's a common and interesting trope to have them opposed by 
someone who is similar to the protagonist but took a different lesson from the same stimuli. You know, it's like um, every first Marvel movie for a superhero ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Marvel stuff. Yeah, you're right. Marvel stuff. But Marvel stuff is like a shallow, lazy mm-hmm. version of that. Let's I, not I think get it's sucked back into another Marvel conversation. Absolutely not. I refuse. They still have to give <laughs> Koreans representation properly. Are there any Marvel Korean heroes? Uh, there is one. It's like, what was it? I'd be really fucking Fox, mad if it's just Fox. a rebrand. Okay, good. Because I'd be really fucking mad if it's just a rebrand of like something. Like it's it's Korean Captain America. Captain Korea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, or just like just like when they're like, oh, we have some, we have like a person of minority. Like Miles Morales is, I think, the exception to this. Yeah. But when it's like, oh, we have a a black hero and it's a Batman. It's like a bat. It's, it's like another bad child. I'm like, I, I, make a new hero. You know, like they like they made like Ironheart is is interesting and it's great because this is a black woman. But could we not have had something specific to like it trading on? Oh, the only way they'll care about these minority characters is if they are lineage characters. It's like ugh, what? Okay, okay, you're right. Anyway, 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 anyway. I don't want so, to talk about Marvel. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you have a protagonist who has their mirror. So you know the face man. Is, is, is that I'm assuming what you guys? Yeah, that's call? yeah the front man. Yeah, the front man, the, the, the black mask. Yeah, played yeah. by Yi Byung Won. Is that the guy from Train to Busan? No, he was actually the guy from Train to Busan. Plays this dude who plays Dakji with people for money and slaps them. Oh, he's uh, the guy. He's the guy that gets them bought in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right, right. right. I, I did. En- I did enjoy the slapping. That was good. <laughs> no, this the guy who plays the front man, or at least his face. I don't know if he does the voice normally. He was in Red Two. He was. Uh, if you've heard of Iris, he was in GI Joe Two, or no, he was GI Joe One Two, right? He was Shadow Star. A Storm and Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow. Storm Sorry. Shadow. And in uh, Magnificent Seven, the like most recent one. Huh. I he's a he's a very he's good. He was a Terminator too. T one thousand. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and then he joined the Squid Game and murdered a bunch of people. He only killed what, like one person for sure? His brother. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, shot his brother in the face, right? And like, then he shot <laughs> any number so of could... people. Any number of the people that he killed as of as as in his function as the front man. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say he his involvement in the game makes him a murderer by proxy. Mm. So. Yeah. But I'm wondering, so I'm wondering because he get, he had the card, I wonder if he was like offered the job. I'm very curious, like about that backstory. I hope we, because I mean, the ending also sets up that they're going to make more series seasons. And I guess it was just confirmed that they're going to do another season. I, oh, I heard boy. recently. So we're going to have to, they're going to uh, have to get more creative with their mur- murder torture. Got it. They're in talks about it. I mean, the thing that for me, I guess my read on, on Yi Byung-un's character was, or the front man, I guess, was that pretty much like all of the concluding scenes, we can tell that like Gyun has pretty devastating PTSD coming out of this event, right? Like, oh yeah, big time. And yeah. I think my read was that the front man was unable to deal with the resumption of civilian life and sort of circled back around, right? And to me, there's there's like elements of a larger kind of critique of neoliberalism in that, right? In that when you profit from the sort of market as morality and as great equalizer kind of logic of, of competition that is neoliberalism, right? Like it does damage to you 
because as we often see right and this is something amalia brought up as well is like there's like intersectional elements to this right like there's clearly job discrimination within the sort of labor market of the games based on gender based on race nationality right that happens there where like when they have to form teams they're all trying to figure out how to get men on their teams right Right, yeah and the women the elderly ali is told to hide the fact that two of his fingers are damaged because otherwise people won't want to be on a team with him right like all of that's in there but also sort of encased in this system that continuously tells you that it's altruistically fair right and that Uh everyone has an equal shot right which it obviously that, isn't, but that is the myth of right. capitalism. So yeah, it's pretty on right. the, on the and, news there. And I think I think the front man comes away from that sort of a having profited from that and be damaged in a way that makes returning to an outside world that nominally has few opportunities for him right and is shitty to him. If you're a young person in Korea right now, it's extremely difficult to get a job in your twenties. Twenty percent unemployment. I read. For young people. Wow. That's yeah, terrible. Like, which, of course, just sets you up for more of this debt sort of system where now you play the lottery, right? Now you gamble. Yeah. Right? So I, I thought like, the interesting thing about that is that even though you know these characters are in debt, you see them paying for bus tickets and drinks and food. And it really demonstrates that poverty isn't about not being able to buy things, little things yeah. here or there. It's the institutional things that we have to pay that puts us in debt right i mean honestly i think one of the more most interesting episodes of the first season here was the episode where they voted to leave the game and then like slowly got sucked back in right i i I thought that was by far the most interesting one because it just proved how desperate everyone really was and i think that was an analogy of work or starve basically right yeah exactly yeah literally yeah you, I mean, I yeah. I hear what you're saying. You can you can try and escape capitalism. Hell, you can do it. But when you do, you're going to come back to it. You right. always come back, right? Like that's to me. That's that's what that was pushing. Was like you can exit this nominally. Nominally, yeah. this is volunteered, right? You can participate in this sort of neoliberal capitalist system, and you can opt out of it if you want to. Right, and then later but, on, there's like a sunken cost thing you, that sets in. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll never and you'll never actually get out because we won't let you. The system's yeah. designed to re reentangle you. Very matrixy, the illusion of choice. Yeah. And- well, I mean, that's what being alive and working in capitalism is. The- also, I thought it was interesting that the the people, the 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 workers, the the authorities weren't there to protect the people. They were there to protect the game. Right. Right. There was this element of like, you know, you can die. I'm not going to save you. I will, in fact, kill you if you get into my face. I'm here to protect the game. Yeah. The, just the, a, the workers were a very interesting part of the story. The whole hierarchy and structure of that was very interesting to follow. And also they all clearly suffer also. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Because there they live are in no cubicle, terrible rooms. Yeah, there's nobody who doesn't suffer within the system, even the inflictors of violence upon each upon like the quote unquote the people in the game, right? Who are really kind of the, in this case, sort of the our working class, right? Like, right, yeah. To to quote Gilles Deleuze, right? Like, man, not constrained by like force, but by debt. 
all of those people are doing a job that sucks and really the line that separates them from the people they're killing or or violating is pretty thin yeah Uh, the system provides for them but it asks them to do terrible things to their fellow human beings right like like shoot them in the face yeah (laughs) for example or and then there was that fun subplot of the the organ farmers that was that was pretty I, I I saw it coming as soon as they were marking the boxes, but I was like, "Ew, oh, not ready. I don't like this." And that's yeah, like, that's also it's a bunch of like black markets, right? Like mm-hmm. you are tolerable as long as you don't disrupt the illusion that all of this is fair and equal. Right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the amount of metaphors and analogies this show is able to cram in is just really incredible. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot in there. I gotta watch Parasite. I still haven't gotten around to that. I should Neither have I. Yeah. I um, have not either. We're all yeah, terrible at following. I Korea watched Parasite. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, fuck oh yeah, good. Brett. Brett, Brett, you want to spoil it for us? I'm not going to. Well, no. Uh... I've, I've, I've read the plot of Parasite. Like, I'm very. It, it seems to be a much more intimate story, so to speak. It is, um, yeah. So I, But I've heard that it's a critique of capitalism. So I wonder if it's just it like is. the framing. Because. Well, it's a critique of ageism and capitalism at the same time. Yeah. That, that, that apparently that broke Dane's brain. <laughs> well, I just, I just, I, cause I, I, I don't think, I mean, obviously there's some direct capitalism critiques in squid game, you know, um, yeah. obviously inequality is rampant and, and there's an upper class and all that. But I think there's also a lot of very clever criticisms as well. So I wonder if there's that, additional layers to parasite so i gotta watch it i'd be really curious about how parasite decided to tackle sort of the gendering of its of its critique right because i think like squid game's very very pointed in the way that it kind of critiques the way that quote-unquote fair competitive like systems basically fuck over women and people of color and old people like everyone who's not like a straight white like able man or in this case, a straight, able uh, Korean man, right? Like, right. gets fucked because they're, right, they're quote-unquote, they're deficient in some way, right? Or they're less desirable in some way. Right, um, especially in the tug-of-war episode. Yeah, yeah. And, like, when people start forming their kind of cliques within that, within that population, yeah, the, the right? The factions, yeah. Everything's fair until at some point the gangster figures out he's bigger and stronger than everybody else and the lights go off, right? And like he can, and, it, can, and he can murder people with impunity. But then when you use an advantage like the glass maker to try to succeed in the system, well then we can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. The glass maker. The bridge? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, can't have that. That's against the spirit of the game. Ridiculous. As long as you're using your advantage against your fellow humans. That's one thing. Yeah, can't can't take it. Can't take it against the game. I did really enjoy the. I thought the the bridge was one of the better games that they played overall. That it was, was a, that it was, was very, it was it was not just that, but like I think it demonstrated just how people behave in the race. You know what I mean? People throwing people off, the people deliberately fucking each other over, the guy thinking that because he's the biggest and the meanest, he can make other people do what he want and then just getting destroyed. Like it was good. It was I really liked that that whole episode. I learned a lot about how to uh, properly play uh, tug of war too. That was fun. 
Yeah, that was oh, yeah, <laughs> that right. is yeah, that was higher level tug of war strategy. I yeah. don't think I ever want to uh, play tug of war, so I'm good. But <laughs> it was that uh, it was an Olympic sport for a little bit. It was. Yeah. I mean, I can see. I, I, think I imagine that the terms are probably a little bit different than the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You mean they weren't on two enormous towers dangling over a concrete? Death yeah. I also drop? love. I love how at the beginning they start off with guns, and then by the end they're just like, "We're going to let gravity do the work." Actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, got to keep yeah. things interesting. Got to get change it up. And well, they're so expensive. There's another, I don't know whether it was intentional not or not, right? But, like, to me, there seems to be a critique there in the progression, right? It's kind of feeling, it, it feels like, are y'all familiar with, like, the sort of Foucault's concept of the Panopticon? Oh, yeah, of course. Right. But I'm yeah. not, so that's please. The, that's the prison, right? Yeah, it's, yes, it's that's this the prison. prison where but it's a mentality, a yeah in the middle that like where all of the rooms are observable but all the prisoners are like all the prisoners are backlit so they're always observable but they're unable to see through i think it's like mirrored glass on the tower so they can never tell whether or not they're being observed or when they're being observed so at a certain point they police their own behavior without you actually having to have really any guards in there at all right exactly Um, yep that's that's the core concept so I think what we can see here is like the progressive like disciplining of bodies to act within the confines of the games because like at the beginning there's the overt use of violence as coercion through like literally shooting people right and inflicting that kind of violence upon upon people but as the series goes on less and less of of that is necessary because the players players, are self-selecting yeah right they will screw each other over. They will do whatever it takes until you get to the end. Yeah, they bought in to the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't need to shoot them. <laughs> Ugh, sad. Quite depressing. Oh, it is. It's a very like. N- if you're looking for a light-hearted good time, do not watch Squid Game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, we I'm, should lead with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah, here in uh, the middle of the end of the episode. Yeah, let me just get that out there real quick. Do you want to feel uplifted? Do you want the thing, the media you watch, to have no larger meaning whatsoever? Don't go watch find the, something don't, else. Yeah, go watch anime. That's going to be your your, your friend. I, but you but the music they, is incredible. But you don't don't yeah. you think that the discourse. The intrigue discourse around the show kind of communicates that a lot of people don't get the point. Like if oh, the sure. en- like if the energy of like now this is assuming a lot that the appropriate response to watching Squid Game is to feel like yeah this is hella fucked, as opposed to like wow what an interesting show oh my god was that so interesting and dramatic wow you know what I mean like that type of thing. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of people have maybe taken the wrong lesson or ta- or not taken the lesson at all. Or Well, I mean, uh, I... Or, or like re- pr- participating in the shodden, like the the consumption and commodification of human suffering through one layer of abstraction because it's not real. Well, Brent, Brent, can I ask you to kind of like hit me with the synopsis? Because I don't follow social media anymore. I'm done reading all that stuff so what what is the discourse what are people talking about oh i don't know oh i thought you, the I, mean, way you I, mean, I mean like, I mean, like, gen- like there are some there are articles about there being a lot of stuff lost in translation but i feel like generally speaking people are just interested in the show oh like, like no I, one's like, being like oh man our system's fucked and we yeah. can't get out I think I think this is probably younger people watching this, and I do think there is a strong leftist vibe. And I, I mean, the creator has made no secrets that it is 
a critique of capitalism. So That's while it, they're probably not getting all the imagery, especially not like the two Koreans fighting over a knife in the mud thing, I think they're probably getting some deeper level out of it, deeper than just, oh, that was shot, shot in Freud or, you know. Right, but I mean, like, I guess my wondering about this is like wasn't hunger games pretty much like exactly this same issue where people kind of missed the point of the entire what was the story point of hunger games? games i know my parents certainly did that for sure what was, the, what was hunger games criticizing capitalism was it yeah absolutely it was but like not nearly as good as this thing no no i would say squid game is far superior but i mean it's basically the exact same concept just i guess i guess it's hard for me to have taken that message from Hunger Games, the internationally best-selling slash blockbuster movie series. <clears throat> I uh, know what you're saying, but I'm yeah. just the, the core of the story is the same: oligarchic, imperialistic well, power. I guess the problem is that the problem with Hunger Games. Games is is that it is this the state and capitalists are one and the same, and so people like my parents, they are like, oh, see, government's bad, and they don't. The, you know, oh, where, whereas Squid Game is like, no, actually, it's not the government. Yeah, he's, it's he's it's not the, the system that's right? fucked. Right. Right. I, I see that, what you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. The government is a, is a symptom of the system as opposed to the system being a symptom of the government. Correct. Yes. There you go. Fair enough. Yeah. And Squid Game does do that really well because it, it, it does set it outside of traditional governments. So that's good. Nominally, it takes place in a bubble, essentially, right? Like, yeah, like a, like, a private island type deal. Yeah, but I do want to, I do want to, like, point to that point you made, Brent, here that, like, you know, Hunger Games, the acclaimed blockbuster movie series that made shit tons of money, right? Like, presenting us with a critique of capitalism is is ironic, right? But like, oh, it absolutely is. In a lot of ways, Squid Game carries some of the same entanglements, right? Like, ultimately, it's a piece of media that's going to make Netflix a shit ton of money, even as it critiques many of the things that make Netflix as powerful as it is. And it's also very pointedly the sort of sensation in perhaps social media discourse of, oh, this is interesting, or wow, that... You know, this is like, I guess, is this the correct place to use the term like grindhouse, right? Like everybody's trapped <laughs> in this place and they're all dying, right? Like, what's yeah. that line about the capitalists will sell the rope for which we hang them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much, right? Like, I mean, shit. I, but, but like, also, I think pretty pointedly, the discourses around this are places where, like, you basically get to see, like, the sort of, like, white supremacist undertones of multiculturalism at work right because like Mm. this piece of media even if we think back to just like the translation issue or the subtitling issue right this piece of media becomes consumable to western audiences when it is essentially cleansed or washed of much of its sort of koreanness the cultural references are rebranded it's red light green light not the name of the korean children's game it's you know this north this character with a north korean accent gets like zero sort of nod to that right like the fact that they're north korean is essentially a plot twist for for people who don't speak korean that mm-hmm. like pops up incidentally in dialogue later even if it's explicit there's like a washing that happens here that makes this piece of media quote unquote like palatable 
but contained within that process is the conceit that all of this shit should be accessible to white people, right? Or like, you know, the Western kind of imperial center at all times. So there's an entitlement to being allowed to sort of wash things in this way, right? Yeah. Also just an um, entitlement, right? Like I, I feel that entitlement too. I'm, I've been trying to find, I've been trying to find a wrestling match that is from a like a smaller Joshi Joshu uh, wrestling promotion in Japan. It's Joshu, I think, is female. It's a female promotion, right? So it's exclusively female wrestlers. There's this this wrestler named Kagetsu who is like retired now, but played a monster heel for several years. And I want to watch their retirement match because it's like an interesting thing. And that I can't find it. There was like this moment. Where I'm like, why the fuck don't I just have access to everything? (laughs) I just want everything to come to me, please. How dare I not be able to at a at a moment's notice, at the at the the slightest whim, have have access to everything? I guess it's hard to break from that from that mentality in in a in a culture that is, I think it is too international, too fast. It's like the dissemination of information is immediate, potentially. We have access to everything, but we don't have access to is the context and the nuance to that information. We can see everything, we can consume everything, but it's too quick. There is not the weight or the appropriate handling of it is what we lack, what we're missing. So you miss stuff, especially when it's a product that sucks. The big takeaway, guys, from this episode, if there's any, is that this sucks. <laughs> the show is great, but what it's talking about sucks. And even in the nature that it's delivered to you, it's communicating parts of the thing that it's talking about. That sucks. <laughs> yep. Yep. And gosh, I just like. So I guess I'm just not. I guess I'm just not following this thread, though. So you say that that people just shouldn't. There's just certain things that are not meant to be enjoyed by other people because they can't get the whole context. Are you, are you saying is that what I'm not following the thread? I mean, here. there's, 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 there is a thin line right between appreciate like, okay, that is what I was talking about was not addressing like appropriation versus appreciation, but I can't help but feel like when you say like, wait, what are you saying? I can't enjoy these other things from these other cultural bits. I'm not, I'm, well, I'm not saying that. I think what I'm saying is that what we're lacking on the other end, like when I consume Korean media or Japanese media is either the ability, the willingness or the resources to consume and understand what I'm consuming. And that, so it's like a combination of, are we being provided those resources and is there the general patience and willingness to find those resources? Like people are, are more than happy to watch Parasite, but are they at all willing to understand the things that led to Parasite. When you watch something in America that is poignant for Americans, a lot of us, and America is even an interesting thing because we're we're like really 50 small countries that barely sort get of, along. Sort of work yeah. together. Yeah. So like even, even like culturally between Texas and Michigan or whatever, there are, there's a huge separation there. But when we watch something that is like poignant for us as a country, all of that is in baked. It's part of being here. So you don't have to do that. You just kind of get it like, oh, man, wow, that was really that was really hitting on our problems. Granted, I don't can't really point to any American media that does that aggressively well. But 
I'm sure there's something if you gave me time. <laughs> but what we don't have for the other stuff, right? It's like, oh, yeah, you can appreciate all of these things. But are you really appreciating it? Are you really enjoying it if you're just taking it in at a face value and then discarding it when, when it's no longer interesting to you? If it's not, if you're not taking into consideration what it's trying to say outside of capitalism bad. Because, yeah, capitalism bad. But did you not did you not find more enjoyment, Dane, as, for, as an example, because you are an individual who decided to further ingratiate yourself in the context surrounding the media that you found a more deeper, better appreciation and understanding of that media? Yeah, I did. And then also having a friend like Matt who can add additional further, you know, personal context to it is also pretty great. But I just. I, this is some sticky, some some sticky territory. I don't think I'm in any position to really have much of an opinion on. But I, I think, and I might be missing the forest from the trees here, so I do apologize for that. But I just imagine that there's a lot of media with really not much context at all that goes over a lot of people's head. Like, how many people watch something like The Boys and doesn't don't pick up on the the criticism? You know, there's a, there, I think there's a capitalism critique in there, or you know, how many who many people watch Avatar and don't uh, the the blue people movie and, and don't get the context of themes of colonialism and stuff like that, like, like yeah, but like yeah, I, but I don't want to I don't want to get into the weeds of whether or not an individual is incapable of media analysis and like the the for lack of a better term, I don't want to talk about people who are choosing to be ignorant or who are ignorant and don't understand that they are ignorant. I'm talking about people who can go one level and, or, and maybe I am talking about those people. Like I just, like, I guess to, I'm just, I'm not saying that they shouldn't enjoy these things. What I'm saying is that I am lamenting the situation in which they are enjoying them oh, okay. because, because that context is missing that in, and the willingness to find that context is not there largely, or if it is there, it's shallow. Uh, what I'm saying is that we have been given access to a very powerful tool and we don't know yet how to properly utilize that tool in a way that I think, for lack of a better term, safely, respectfully. I mean, who, we are, like, who, who, before, who before us, our generation as millennials, and then maybe the, the youngest of the Gen Xers, can really speak to this experience that we have? When Godzilla was brought to America, it was a wholly different product. They interspliced a bunch of white people and made it. A, it's a different fucking story. It's a whole different thing right. that robs it of its Japanese of the pain that that movie was talking about that we inflicted on the Japanese. That generation of people had zero access to the ability to find that context. We have that access and are still more than happy to, granted, on a much more reduced scale, Squid Game is largely presented in the way that it is made because it's not going through this hack job of an edit. We're talking about nuance and subtlety now. But it is disheartening to see that even a hundred years later, we are like consuming this thing and not taking into, into, into consideration the opposite view as a society largely. What is the reason? What are the things that are coming out of this? Like, it is very, very easy to see goddamn any media and say, oh, what a scathing criticism of capitalism. Because the great lie that, that 
that stories that the companies that make these things and that the government and the people and, and liberal and neoliberals and whatever tell you is that there's any story that can't be a scathing criticism of something like capitalism because capitalism is like inherently evil. It, it is like this opposition of, of happiness and joy in its core, in its essence. So like fucking The Boys has a scathing criticism of, of capitalism. You can look at Iron Man and see it as a scathing criticism of capitalism because capitalism just fucking sucks. That's not... That's not we're not doing anything by saying that. That's not anything special. Like You're when right. listening listening to Matt talk about the specifics of this type of suffering, this unique take on the thing that we're all suffering. We all live in a global economy that is largely ran by capitalism. And even in such and even the the greatest the greatest contributors who are quote unquote not capitalists, China, they're capitalists. They just lie about it. So capitalism has essentially won. So any of us talking about capitalism being bad is step one, basic level stuff. What I'm talking about is like watching these things and not being able to appreciate the uniquely Korean aspect of this take on the criticism of capitalism. You know, you know what I'm saying? And imperialism. Yes. And so that's missing. How many people are like making TikTok dances about <laughs> or making TikTok memes about the, the red light, green light shit? But aren't taking into consideration. I don't. Like, I don't give a fuck. They can make the, the fucking dances. I'm saying, but like, have spent zero time thinking about what this means in its context. Is what I'm saying. And they have the ability to. And, but do you really think that is a Western culture issue, or like, because I feel like that's just a people thing. It's. I, I, I guess it's easy to say, and like, I don't want to bring race into this. It's like easy to say from the perspective of maybe being white. Or being, for my, to my credit, discredit, I should say, being Western, that it's easy to say, this is probably a oh, people thing, right? Sure. Like, that's like, it's kind of like a post-racial comment. Like, no, 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 no. The, the inequalities that, that's, that hit black people or hit minorities in America, that's, that's a class thing. Oh, it, okay. I see what you're saying. Like, it's, it's easy to say that it's an everybody thing. And yeah, you're probably right. People suck fucking terrible, terrible, terrible donkey ass. Like they're the worst. But we should there should be some attention played to the flavor of the worst that we are, right? True. Yeah. I'm just so. I'm just I just think that I just think it's you people in general just aren't very good at being challenged. They run away from it and don't really want to be critical. That's so. fair. That's very That's, fair. And I agree with you. I, I, yeah, I guess yeah. what I'm saying is that we that has always been true since the beginning of right. time. And that's what I'm that's all I'm getting yeah. at. But that's we it. but now we have the now we have a massively powerful, insanely powerful tool to push past disseminate that. aim. And, yeah. I yeah. None of us do that. Right. Like we were not ready for the technology that we have today. Yeah, we weren't we weren't prepared. Well, I mean, <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. I guess, I guess here, here's, here's the thing I'll, I'll say for, for added context. I'm going to draw from a separate example from a, like from my own research here, which is not necessarily a plug because nothing's published at this point, right? Like, <laughs> I'm a lot, I, like, I'm a lot more, I guess, like, philosophically militant about this than Brent is. Like, this is, it's tangled up in and becomes a bunch of passive processes that are the product of, like, active techniques. People do being uncritical like please be uncritical to other people the example i'm going to draw upon here when I, I think this this is interesting to me because it is in the case of squid game i think more broadly apl applicable my starting point here is 
Daoyang Jin wrote a piece that talked about what he called platform imperialism, right? And platform imperialism is the idea that, like, okay, yeah, like, the U.S. isn't doing as much of showing up with battleships and saying, open your economy to us, and then, like, buying somebody's entire economic infrastructure anymore, right? Like, we're not doing that kind of imperialism as much. Instead, what is happening is that the U.S., like, the major platforms that run the digital economy come from the U.S., right? Right. So U.S. hegemony operates internationally through those platforms. And the thing that I wanted to, that I'm trying to add on to that is like, if you look at content that happens on those platforms, which is typically, despite the fact that we are all, yeah, there's international content, there's content in millions of languages, you can find it all about blah, 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 right? Like there's this narrative of access and openness all the time, right? The majority of shit that people in the West are going to consume or like in the US, let's say, is going to be shit in English. So what happens there is that these platforms aren't just like imperializing other places, right? That imperializing process falls back onto the people in the US watching, and they become entitled to perpetuating that, right? Because the feeling of being able to access content that's international all the time becomes sort of embedded in the way we think about ourselves the idea that we feel like everything should have english subtitles because it, so that we can always access it and, and and know it without having to make too much extra effort becomes embedded in ourselves and the place that you can look at this is like cooking videos on youtube that are tackling food that's not like western european blend food so for me i looked at like kimchi videos when you look at kimchi videos the feature or center Korean voices. It is all about how hard making kimchi is, how much work it is, like families getting together and making it, like mothers, because it's super gendered labor, mothers and aunts getting together and like making kimchi for like a month or two's worth of kimchi together, right? On a weekend, you know, there's talk about like physical tolls, body aches, whatever. And then when you go to a lot of the English language content that's not like center in Korean voices, it's all about how versatile kimchi is, how you can do anything you want with it, how it is always easier than its reputation. Yes, it's a fermented food and it smells bad or it smells funny, but you can always make it work, right? Like there's this sort of taking of this thing that is steeped in Koreanness in the case of kimchi. And there's like this process of essentially like washing a bunch of that off. Literally parents do with Korean kids, right? Like they wash some of the red pepper off of kimchi so that it's easier for a child to eat. There's a washing off of that Koreanness that happens so that it becomes palatable and consumable to the Western cultural palate. It has to be pitched as open and accessible all the time because we feel entitled to that sort of cultural imperialism in that way. And the subtitling controversy with Squid Game is the same shit happening. It's, it may not be the active sort of like, yeah, I have to make imperializing subjects back home in, in sort of the place where the, the English gets spoken on the part of the subtitlers, right? I don't think that's an active process. But well, it's, I like think the cas- like, it's the casualness... It's the casually, it's the casualness of the act that speaks to its evil. That it's yeah. not a, that it's not a second thought. That the translation, that nobody thought about it, that nobody thought it would be a problem, that nobody cared to think about it, means that it wasn't. It's not a factor. It's not important. Yeah. yeah. So it's more insidious. I'm so sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. No, you're good. It's it's more insidious than if somebody like look 
if you bring it to American stuff, when a guy's racist, like when Westboro Baptist Church be doing Westboro Baptist Church shit, like I, it's fucked up, right? They're terrible, but that is that is not insidious. That's just evil. It's just jerkiness. It's it's just bullshit. It's out it's there in, in the open. If you saw it, you would know it. It's identifiable. Yeah. You can always know what homophobia is because you can always point to some dude screaming at a funeral. Or, but it's the it's it's the casualness at which people who are not racist, not homophobic, who might say something like, "Oh, I, like to a trans woman, oh you look you look oh wow I didn't I I would never have known." Oh yeah, something something that is like steeped in like someone at, at Netflix might sell bringing Squid Game to you as like look at us being diverse, look at us spreading minority voices in art, and and look at us championing for korean uh television and korean media that is the outward gesture it is in the subtlety that that is delivered where you start to see the cracks and how little care there actually is the subtitling for that or like somebody trying to be an ally for a trans person but then being like oh i wouldn't i couldn't i would wow you're so pretty i couldn't i would never have known this person on the outward level is like complimenting, is accepting, is trying to, is, is like saying with their words, you are accepted. But by the way that they've delivered it and the lack of care that they delivered it in, communicate to you the lack of thought and the lack of care for the struggle that that person is going through, that the other person is going through. By saying it in the way that they say it, by delivering it in the way that Netflix delivers it, it reinforces some of the themes. It communicates to what I was saying that there's something to be mourned here because we don't have that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be fadeless, but we don't have that much more time left in terms of free internet. For sure. There'll always be the, an outlaw aspect to it. And for sure we'll always be able to, to some extent find the things that we want to find, but how much of that is allowed versus, you know what I mean? Like the free access internet is a dinosaur that has yet to be struck by a meteor. Netflix is solely run out of Amazon Web Services. The time that we had to be proactive on an individual level about finding the context for this stuff is diminishing. And I just think that it just, it's, I don't have really a point. I don't have a solution. I'm just sad. Because I think the more yeah. I think about the subtitle thing, the more I think about the money that's being made, the more I think about the lack of heart. Like, I'm glad the, the director made, the writer and director, I'm glad he made this money. I'm glad he was successful. I'm glad he was able to get his message out. It's sad to me that there are a lot of people memeing about this who aren't thinking about the suffering of these of Koreans because they're not. These are the same people that are likely not thinking about the suffering of Americans. Uh, yeah, there, that's true. So I guess on a macro level, I'm I'm sad that we don't care about each other. As, as there a you there you go, and that is really the flavor of this television series. So you've you. You, you captured it right there at the end. So anyway, I, I've been playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been no, playing I've, a I, lot of Overwatch. Unless, unless, unless I have been playing a lot of Overwatch. Unless there's some I, other, I know some, you have some other not. points. Some other points that are people would like to make about the Squid Game. I think I would like to transition us into like a brief ending conversation, a palate cleanser, if you will. Sure. But I want to give an opportunity because I did speak a lot there at the end. Thank you guys for providing that space and, and, and allowing me to do that. I appreciate all of you. I would love to then, in turn, provide a similar space if we have any more points. I think it's just like 
every ah man like it's clearly pointed and on purpose but it's still it still bothers me the way that like Savyok dies right Mm -hmm. because you sit there at the end of the day and you look at this and you know that this is part of the structure of the critique right because the critique is that everything's everything's equal and therefore nothing is equal but like every single woman in this show got fucked over yep very much so like holy shit right i mean i don't really know where you're going with it matt like uh what do you mean like just holy shit because you're right like it, it it's very clear that like every single woman in this story just was like completely ripped apart by the process like it was horrible and I mean, I guess to me, there's there's kind of an element of this is probably another place where I think there may be a lot of people who don't get it, quote unquote, right? because like there is a side of me with this that's like, oh, I literally made it my job to do this kind of shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> but, yeah, right. But yeah. like, not everybody made that their job, and for many people, this is just like a thing they watch as a pastime, right? But like, right, yeah. But you're in media studies, so like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so for me, I guess I look at the way that that happens and I worry a little bit about, I guess because, as Brent was pointing out, right, because the sort of misogyny that many of the male characters exhibit is, is super overt, that it's kind of one of those things where I think that the fact that this is a pretty, I would argue, a pretty reasonable, straightforward metaphor for glass ceilings, right? Oh, like, yeah. I think that that may get lost because it wasn't accorded some of the same levels of subtlety, and I think maybe on a, on on some level it, it didn't need to be, but or shouldn't need to be. But like Han Minyo, like not being able to find a group for for tug of war, right? I think it was. Uh, I don't think so. I think that was the marbles. Oh, game. right, right, yeah, for the marbles game where she couldn't find a partner for marbles or whatever. Right, and um, she just didn't have to play. Yeah, right, which was nice, but like. The kind of the fact that like the sort of I guess those two women characters are kind of written off at, at a series of junctures inherently based on their gender. And there's not, I think, enough, like this might be one of my critiques here is that I don't know that there was enough critique put into the ways that that kind of misogyny operationally happens. Right. Because I don't know that it's always like it is childish. Right. Like we need boys right like, like yeah right, right. but like yeah. at the same time i i just sort of sit back and i'm like mm. but like in a workplace is that how that works right like no is it so much about like, just like not listening basically yeah i don't know and i'm also just salty that about what happened to save because like i was a big fan but yeah she was a great character i liked her <laughs> a lot but yeah i hear what you're saying it, it the overtness of the misogyny it is to the discredit of how it works in real life i i get what you're saying and it's and again i would also right like i would also say that i'm i'm pretty sure none of us would argue that it doesn't happen that way in real life as well right like, oh it does it absolutely uh, does but that's more like high school misogyny where it's very easy to spot you know there yeah. it is it's similar to when people are like i'm not racist racism is like you know, people in KKK hats riding around in pickup trucks, right? It's like, like, no, it's you locking your doors or not going to certain neighborhoods or things. Right. It's, it's, it's way more insidious. But uh, people don't want to, I mean, people don't really want to confront the fact that they're racist because everyone wants to believe they're a good person unless they're so bad that they take pride in that. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's a whole other 
can of beans. And none, sure none of us has the snake neck tattoos to relieve. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Dane, any, any more thoughts, buddy? Uh, I mean, I, I like a good critique of capitalism. Um, Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dane, brother. Dane and I just high, jump and high five. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and I do, ho- I do hope to be a consumer who is able to pick up on the deeper layers and then scratch at it. And I, maybe I, I'm not able to get every level just because I, I don't, I don't have the, the contextualization to enjoy all of it, but I do try to be a, an informed consumer. Yeah, far you know, be it for me to be the minority that comes to his white friend and goes, you're one of the good ones. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you did do that effort, you know. Like, I like let's not. Oh, I mean, I think, yeah. Don't don't diminish. Don't diminish. Just because I have a fadeless view of consumption doesn't mean that you weren't like the the exemption that proved the rule. Well, I I, I think like I was saying earlier, the I mean the the it almost reads like it almost reads like a like a like a, a TV show where people have to play childhood games or die if if they lose. I mean, the the, the history of imperialism in Korea is it's almost so almost too much to believe. I mean, oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. it was incredible. I mean, it didn't feel like I was reading history. It was like I was reading a dystopian novel. It was. Well, yeah, Incredible. It's, like the, it's like the history of slavery and Jim Crow. Like it's just, yeah, it's really worse than you would imagine. I mean, that's that's. I mean, a right. I do want to say as as an aside that I appreciate Dane that you went and like read up on stuff because like legitimately, I like threw that stuff in there and I was like, eh, nobody's gonna read any of this shit, right? Like, and and you know, to clarify my position, right? Like I knew a lot of these things by passively like finding myself on Wikipedia periodically, just like over the course of the last like few years, I would just like end up there for various reasons. And I would read about presidents or whatever and shit like that. So I've really appreciated that you like, you went and like looked at some of that stuff. And also it's just a, it's, it's wild to think about the fact that like, there, a there are people alive today that like remember like Pak Chung Hee's presidency, right? Like <laughs> there are people right. alive who remember living under under that regime. There are people who alive who remember or may have known people who were part of the military slash police massacres of student protesters or of communist sympathizer purges right there are people who will remember when the north koreans landed a submarine on the southern coast and like rolled some people up to try and assassinate the president inside the blue house and they got to like the front gate before they got caught and you know my my grandpa who recently passed away was fluent in Japanese and had a Japanese name that he was forced to like wear for a while. So it's really intense, but I think it also speaks to sort of the, I guess, kind of privilege that we partake of here in the U.S., which is we will never, I I would argue, in our lifetime, or perhaps we don't share in a historical inheritance of feeling the danger of being invaded. Right. Right. Like yeah. we meme about it and there are tons of people who are like, oh my God, the North Koreans are going to right? like Red Dawn. Oh God. Right. Like there are people who are like that. And many of them are, are significantly more wealthy than they look and build apocalypse bunkers underneath their houses. Right. Like, but <laughs> you know, 
Japan invaded Korea like three times, right? Like between 15, like 92 and 19, sort of 10, 20, right? Like that happened a lot. And, and I think that's something that's, it's, it's like interesting to think about the fact that like it feels so foreign because like on some level there's sort of a, a cultural mindset that we can't replicate because like we just don't have that. Right. Cause we just, it's there. the whole, this is the one I always use when I explain to people that you can't, history can't repeat itself because your, your moment in history, your cultural spot is always going to be different from the person in a different part of the world at a different time in the world so like that's it's it is it's it's an issue where it's just like we can't understand aspects of the culture and we never will so so yeah it's normal be forgiving to yourselves because like you know it's just like (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah yeah like just canada ain't coming for our asses right (laughs) (laughs) the the caravan strike up the military band the the caravans matt the caravans oh no well that just reminded me about north korea of a cover the conversation during i think it's the marble episode when the other female character is like well north korea is not it's better this is better than north korea right and she doesn't answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, yeah. really? Yeah, just like. <laughs> makes, you, makes you think. Yeah. With that being said, you can reach us nowhere no. except for at <laughs> popculturecake at gmail.com. Again, that's popculturecake at gmail.com. We don't have social medias. Or you can get us at the website at popculturecake.com. If you feel like sponsoring an episode, you get to hear it early and name it. Then you can reach out to one of us with an email to do that. Okay, I don't like plugging it, but I'm going to. Because hosting stuff does cost a teeny tiny bit of money. But anyway, that being said, watch Squid Game and then look up the horrible, horrible things that have happened in Korea that give Squid Game some of its context. And feel bad about yourself for a little bit. Drink, <laughs> Pop open a ginger ale afterwards. Or make yourself a nice little Sammy and then forgive yourself for feeling a little bit bad and being kind of bummed out. Look, it's just a part of the human experience. Other than that, this has been Pop Culture Cake, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. So anyway, I'm looking at them all, and my the RAM that I have is 3,000 megahertz if it's running in dual channel. Okay. All these boards that are of that era have their memory speed like limited to 2400 megahertz or 2600 megahertz and look i don't know shit about computers i don't know what the fuck's happening i just know that that small that number is smaller than my number and it makes me mad in like a <laughs> well prim- i think like com- a primal way i think computers they they function on the same wave as the orcs from 40k where it's just like we all agree that they should work and we believe that they do. So that's how they ju- they just do because of our belief. That's fair. Because a lot of the time, I don't think anyone knows what's going on with the things. They just randomly break all the time. And we have no explanations for it. It's like, what is this? Is the machine spirit? Yeah, exactly. You, you don't know. Yeah. It could be.